Thank you for streaming and or downloading Recasted. This is episode two, A Few Good Men. I know that we delayed this quite a bit. We've teased it for about a month now. I think we initially wanted it to come out a couple weeks ago, and it did not. So hopefully this has built the anticipation for everybody and not diminished the anticipation and made everybody forget about us. I'll remind everybody, if you want to give us some feedback, we do have a Facebook page, Recasted Podcast. We do have a Twitter page, at Recasted Podcast. And we do have an email, recastedpodcast at gmail.com, so please feel free to hit us up. That said, before we get started, Jesse, anything to add? No, just very excited to finally get into this movie for all you guys. All right, let's do it. So here we go, A Few Good Men. This movie came out in 1995. It is a military courtroom drama. It stars Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Kiefer Sutherland, Demi Moore, Kevin Pollack, a whole slew of people. We're going to be recasting about nine different roles today. A lot of different ranks in the military. Jesse, you went and saw this movie a couple of times, three times, four times. I'm not sure how many. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, so I don't even need to watch it. I know it by heart. What did you think about A Few Good Men watching it now three or four times? Yeah, so I definitely did need to rewatch it. It had been several years since I'd actually seen the movie all the way through. And rewatching it more recently, I was able to take a bit of knowledge about the military and certain things from it, but mainly I got to see some powerful performances from people who have grown into much larger characters. But this was an awesome movie and certainly one of my favorites to go back to and rewatch. Definitely in my top five because unlike Major League, which we did last time, Major League is my all-time favorite movie, and if I were to have a scale of 1 to 10 on two different factors, the first factor being how much I enjoyed it, Major League is a 10, but how good of a movie it is, it's probably a 5 or a 6. It's not a really good movie, but I love it. It's my favorite movie. This movie comes in probably a 9.8 because it is in my top 5 of all time, but as a movie and how good it is, it's over a 9. Like, it's a really good movie. It definitely tells an amazing story, and it really brings you in-depth into some awesome characters and some really great details. I definitely like Tom Cruise in this movie. I like Tom Cruise in every movie. I'm just going to say that because I know a lot of people don't like him. I see him jumping on the couch. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan, and I think he brings such an energy to this role. I love it. And we'll get into some things about why it's hard to replace him in this role. Nicholson, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge Nicholson fan. And in fact, this is probably my favorite Nicholson movie. And other than this, not really a big fan of his stuff. Yeah, I, I actually agree, Wade. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Jack Nicholson. I liked him in this movie a lot, and then I also enjoyed him in a movie that some people don't really enjoy, Anger Management. I, I actually enjoyed his chemistry with Adam Sandler. Beyond that, I don't really like Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I did like him in Anger Management, and I also liked him in an old 80s movie. It's called The Witches of Eastwick. It's actually kind of an okay comedy. Does that have Cher? It has Cher, okay. Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer. They're I'm all looking good. Yep. But anyway, so that's where we're at. Heading on this movie. It's A Few Good Men. We're going to get right into it. Jesse's got the first one. Who are we starting with? All right, so in this movie, we're going to actually start off with our boy Tom Cruise, and he is playing Lieutenant Daniel Caffey in this movie. So he is a young lawyer who is a son of a very powerful defense attorney from back in the day down south and so he's got a huge name to him but he hasn't quite made it a name for himself he's really just living in his father's shadow so for this role i had to pick a very good looking young gentleman i had to pick someone who was an up-and-comer to say that i could pick someone 
that matched Tom Cruise's stature or stardom, it was impossible. I, I could not. And so you're not going to find someone from Wayne or myself that matches Tom Cruise's stardom at that time. I went with someone who, again, I thought was young looking, but could play a, a serious person at times as well. And that is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You'll know him from way back in the day, Angels in the Outfield. He was also in Inception and The Dark Knight Rises. I just think he could really play this role. I think he's a slick young man who, when put in a courtroom setting, he could really be dynamite as well as put him in a baseball uniform like we see Tom Cruise in this film as well. I think he could really do well. I do like a lot of the movies that he's in. I like his characters in the movies that he's in. Don Juan was a really bad movie, but everybody's got bad movies. I think when you start off as a child actor, you're probably going to have more than most. I do see him as Dan Caffey. For me, he's almost a little too old to me. I know he looks young, but to me, he looks older. Now, Tom Cruise in this role, as you mentioned, he's Dan Caffey. He's in the Navy. He's done eight years of law school, so that puts him at 26. If you figure he graduates at 18, two years probably in the Navy puts him at 28. Tom Cruise was 30 when he took on the role, so I figure the 28 to 30-year-old range is right about right for this character. To me, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays into his early mid-30s. To me, I know some people think he looks a little bit younger. I went with an actor who, like you mentioned, very hard to replace Tom Cruise. In fact, impossible because there is no other Tom Cruise. So I took somebody who's going to be a huge step down in terms of their screen presence, but I think does look the right age, does look kind of like Tom Cruise a little bit, and can act. He's a very good actor, and that's Nicholas Holt. Now, not a big name. Most people aren't going to know him by the name, but if you've seen Jack the Giant Slayer, he's the lead role, Jack. He also plays Beast in all the new X-Men movies. Again, not a really huge screen presence for him, but he's a good enough actor, and I will make up later on in my cast for that screen presence lost. I actually really like to pick Wayne. I enjoy the newer X-Men films more so than I do the older ones. I certainly couldn't see uh, Kelsey Grammer's Beast playing Daniel Caffey, so nice job going with the younger Beast. But honestly, I do think that Kosol has the looks, the physical stature. Like you admitted, I don't think he has the resume to this point to maybe prove that he could hold his own in certain instances like he'll need to in a reprise of this movie. But I think looks-wise, age-wise, he's a home run for you, so I really like that pick. I definitely think he has the serious acting ability. Caffey or Cruz is really serious in this, which is a serious movie. I can see him totally carrying those roles where I question when Caffey is sarcastic and somewhat funny in this movie. I don't know if he has that. Maybe he does. I just, going off looks and going off of how he acts as a drama or serious actor, that's why I'm putting him in this role. Do you happen to know how old Nicholas Holt is at, at current time? I think he's 25, 26, a little bit younger than the range we're thinking. But and, Whereas my Joseph Gordon-Levitt is actually closer to his late 30s. So I mean, we both went a little bit farther on one end of the spectrum, but I think either way they fit the mold. I think clean-shaven guys, they both have that babyish face that look the part of a guy who's just coming in from law school and who's just kind of learning and really relying on that last name he has. Next role here we're going to head into is Colonel Nathan Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson. He is the main antagonist in the film. He's the one who orders the code red. He's the bad guy. I'll go on to say that I really don't think that he is as... You think, you think he's a bad guy, Wayne? I don't think he's a bad guy. He's just the bad guy, like Wreck-It Ralph. So I think that he <laughs> Great is, comparison. Great comparison. Yeah, I think that he plays the bad guy in the movie, but that he's not a horrible person. I think that he's doing what he thinks is best for the country, for his unit. I think that he made some bad decisions. He didn't want Santiago to die. He was just like, yeah, go shave his head, beat him up a little bit, so he does what he's got to do. So he's not a horrible, horrible person. But that said, 
you know, Jack Nicholson, huge role to play. If you watch Jack Nicholson anything, I know he's not a huge fan of his, but he has a distinct acting style that is his own. And I wanted to find somebody like that, but like Tom Cruise, it's impossible. So I said, let's focus on what Jessup is. He's stern. He's a little bit scary and intimidating. Yes. He can be sarcastic. And I thought of somebody who looks like a Marine, who's a little bit older, because I'm thinking this guy's probably going to be about 55, 60, depending on how colonels go for the uh, Marines and the Army. And I went with Josh Brolin. Some of our older listeners will remember him as Brandon from the Goonies. He's the older brother. And some of the younger listeners will remember him as Thanos or as Cable from Deadpool 2. And when I think of this role, I really think of Cable wearing the Marine uniform. That, to me, is what Jessup would look like. You know how big of a Marvel fan I am, Wayne, so I think this is just a tip of the cap from you to me. I really love Thanos. I think he is by far the best villain that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has debuted to this point, and I really find it far-fetched that they're going to be able to top that. So you picked somebody who has a very commanding presence. He's got that intimidation aspect in several of his movies, and I think coming into this, he's got the voice, the commanding nature, the size... And I think his voice, I put a lot in, into voices, and you're not going to exactly be able to replicate Jack Nicholson's voice, but I think Josh Brolin's deep, commanding voice, it does what it needs to. And I also think that he's going to be able to be a smart aleck when needed to be. I, I think that's that's an awesome pick, Wayne. I want to hate these, but I, I can't so far. It's definitely the angry, mean, marine type that I think Jessup is supposed to be. I think of the, the courtroom scene where Kathy asks him, he says, any chance they ignored the order? And he looks at him like, ignored the order like he can't even understand the idea of that and i think that brolin could really get that across like i don't understand what you're saying this is how it works in the marine's son i definitely see brolin being that scary guy that you wouldn't want to cross exactly i don't i don't really think you want to ask him a question and and be looked at the way that i think jessup would you know going for my choice here in this role again jack nicholson not one of my favorites. I gotta go back and kind of correct ourselves here. I did kind of enjoy him in The Shining. It's one of my favorites. I, I did enjoy him in that movie. I'm not a big Shining fan. <laughs> so I, I really, I had to find someone that, like Wayne said, older, someone that is going to be able to have that physical size of him, someone that looks like he is on the downside of a very great career in the military. I wanted to pick someone who's had some standout moments as a leader, as an intimidator. I picked Russell Crowe. I think he's got the voice, the commanding nature of him that he could really perform these speeches in the courtroom. I think he'd really do a wonderful job in this role. We all know who Russell Crowe is, Gladiator. Are we not entertained? I am. I like uh, Russell Crowe in Gladiator, and I do think that Russell Crowe can play the role of a leader. But to me, Russell Crowe seems like the leader you want to follow, whereas Jessup seems like the leader you don't want to follow. You have to because you're scared of him, and that's the way it is. Russell Crowe, you're like, yeah, I will bleed and die for this guy because I, I am following him to the end. And I don't feel that kind of loyalty from Jessup's team, other than Kendrick, who we'll get into. They all kind of just are scared of him. I don't know if Russell Crowe's scary enough to me, I guess. You don't think he's bad enough? He's a badass, but I don't know if he's scary and intimidating enough. One of my favorite boxing movies is Cinderella Man. I enjoy that one as well. He seems like such a nice guy in that movie. That's who I'm thinking. I guess I, I'm trying to think of a role where Russell Crowe really plays a, a heel, as you'll say, or a bad guy. I know he has a couple of times Virtuosity, which was an awful movie, so after mentioning it, we're all going to forget it. But yeah, he always plays kind of like the nice guy that you root for. And it's, it'd be interesting to see him play the villain. 
I love that you said that Russell Crowe plays the nice guy. He is in a movie called The Nice Guy with Ryan Gosling, and it is trash. Don't watch it. I was not a fan at all. Okay. So was he the bad guy in that? He played a horrible guy. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying. To me, would I be intimidated by Russell Crowe? Probably. But is Nicholas Holt? No way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Fair criticism. All right, so the next character or actor, actress in this movie that we're going to go ahead and recast is Lieutenant Joe Galloway, who was originally played by Demi Moore. I really enjoy her role in this. She really plays a strong character who is in the military as someone who actually plays above Daniel Caffey, so above our Tom Cruise, Nick Holt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt characters here. And you need someone who's going to be respected. My choice here for Joe Galloway is actually Kobe Smulders, so I'm going to go ahead and leapfrog after our last Marvel-like pick. And I have Kobe Smulders, who started out in How I Met Your Mother, and later on you'll remember her as... Maria Hill in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and other Avengers-type movies. She, to me, is a spitting image of Demi Moore now. She plays that military role very well. She looks very nice in a uniform. And I really think that she could give it back to my Joseph Gordon-Levitt character when needed to. And also, I think they could play a pretty nice couple where in the movie you see some hints of that. Yeah, they definitely tease the relationship a little bit in the movie. It never quite comes to fruition. I think they go on a date, but it's not really a date. So there is like a sexual tension between the two of them. It never really becomes a romance, and that's fine. I'm glad it didn't. I don't know if that would have ruined the movie or not. But I think it would have been a distraction for sure. It's definitely good the way it is. Colby Smulders, I loved her in How I Met Your Mother. I thought that she was definitely the kind of girl you want to go out with. Looking at her now is Maria Hill. I think she looks so much older now that when I picture her playing the role of Joe Galloway, I actually kind of think she looks like she could be Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mom. And so, it's. I know she's supposed to be a little bit older. She's Lieutenant Commander Galloway versus a Lieutenant Junior Grade in Caffey. But, I mean, she just looks so much older. It's distracting almost to me. I think you need to pull up Google, my friend. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's actually a year older. And to me, they both actually look young in the face. I think they could play, you know, these characters really well. I guess she probably could. It'd be interesting to see her in a role like this because this is a very big role. I know that she was a main character in How I Met Your Mother. Her role as Maria Hill is a very small role. So this would be a big screen leading role. Serious, yeah. So I'd be interested to see how she would do. I went with somebody who, like I mentioned, Holt is not a scene stealer. He's not a screen grabber. He's not the guy who's going to take the attention from the scene. And that's what Tom Cruise was. And as I mentioned, I needed to make up for that somewhere. I needed to have actors and actresses surrounding Nicholas Holt that would steal scenes that are the main focus of the shot. And so I wanted to go with an actress who is the right age, who is good-looking, because Demi Moore is good-looking, although this is before Charlie's Angels getting out of the Ferrari Enzo in the black bikini. Oh, oh! She is uh, still a very pretty lady. So I wanted somebody who's classically pretty, who's not going to be confused with hot, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term, but that's what I'm using. She's not in your face pretty. Yeah, she's just pretty. And so I wanted to go with somebody like that and somebody who's a very good actress because Nicholas Holt is not an established actor. So I do want an established actress to carry the movie a little bit for him and somebody who's going to steal scenes when she's in them with him to give the scene, I guess, the same score, for lack of a better term, of actors and actresses. And I went with Anne Hathaway, who people remember her, Devil Wears Prada, The Princess Diaries, if you like those types of movies. She was in The Dark Knight Rises. She was Catwoman. That outfit. Yeah, not a great Catwoman. I still like, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer better. But Anne Hathaway's an established actress. She's very good. She's definitely earned her stripes acting. She's pretty. 
And I think that her and Holt on the screen together, the camera will be more on her. And I think age-wise, those two fit. I think they would look nice together. Again, there's not a huge emphasis on a romance in the movie, but with some of the hints that they drop, you want there to be believable chemistry, some palpable chemistry that you can actually invest in while you're watching the movie at some points because you see them have some tension-filled moments at times. And I can see her being the person who definitely angers Jessup in a way that he mentions, you know, having a woman as your superior and how great it is. Uh, right, but get, Getting a blowy more specifically. Yeah. But I think that he is making fun of her in a way. Or making fun of Kathy or both of them because that's just how he feels about the Navy. So I think that she'd be good in that. I think that she could definitely take the heat. She stands up to Jessup in that scene. Colonel, I'm asking you this question. He says, mind your tone or something like that. Oh yeah, I mean, a as Kathy, you know, is, is asking her to stand down and not ask the question, she basically states... You know, I am asking the question. He does need to answer, and I'm not backing down. So she really needs to be a strong presence, and I guess I can see your criticism for Kobe Smulders because she hasn't had to play someone as serious as this, and I think in this movie, Joe Galloway does need to take a bit of a verbal beating at times, even as we talk about another character later on. In the courtroom, she ends up kind of falling on her face a little bit, so you need someone who's serious but can also hold her own. So that's going to take us into our next character, which is Lieutenant Sam Weinberg. He is the assistant counsel, if you will. Babysitter. Babysitter for Kathy, who is a little bit of a man-child, and he needs that babysitter. Somebody who's a little bit more grounded in life. Surprising to me that they have the same rank, because in the movie, I do feel like Kevin Pollock looks so much older than Tom Cruise. Yeah. But... I don't know if I'm going to go that way here. I want to pick somebody who's about the same age since they are both lieutenants, but somebody who's a little more grown up than the character of Kathy. Somebody who's going to be a family man, who doesn't want to risk anything, who plays it safe all the time, as opposed to Kathy's just going crazy, doing whatever he wants. The two are perfect for each other, and that's why they were put together in the first place. And... You know, leading into it, I went with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who you had selected as Kathy. So I guess I am saying that they're about the same age. But I do think he is a little bit older looking than Holt is. And I do think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, to me, can play the straight arrow. I picture him in Inception with a tie and looking all business and professional. And I think of Sam Weinberg in that way. He would be not only a great older brother type figure as a character, Sam Weinberg to Kathy, but like Anne Hathaway... I think that Gordon-Levitt has more acting experience. He is a little bit more of a scene-stealer than Holt, not as much as Hathaway, but that gives Nicholas Holt and my Daniel Caffey a little bit more support because we had to take away so much by replacing Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I think Sam Weinberg in this movie, we've joked a little bit that he has to be a babysitter, but there are times in this movie where he has to correct or even educate Daniel Caffey on certain military abbreviations or just jargon that he should really know or someone in his current juncture should know but because he relies so heavily on his last name and just really wants to have fun and get by this process in his life he really needs someone like Sam Weinberg to guide him along this process especially in this huge case that he's now taking on. The actor that I chose is Ben Foster. If a lot of you don't know was actually last in Lone Survivor and he played Axelson. I think he's got that military background he is someone to me who looks significant I wouldn't say significantly but he looks older than Joseph Gordon-Levitt for me and I do think that that was absolutely necessary Sam Weinberg in the movie has a family he just had a child he plays more of that father type character than Kathy and he needs that so Ben Foster to me looks older is more mature has the military background and just looks more fatherly to me than Joseph Gordon-Levitt who to me looks young guy coming out of college and needs that guidance. 
Yeah, he definitely looks more fatherly, and I think that would be my only issue with the casting is because I'm picturing an older brother, and this guy looks like he already has grandkids. So he's a lieutenant, unless he's been held back a bunch of times, he's lost stripes from Alan off, which doesn't seem like Sam's character. I'm wondering why he's still only a lieutenant if he looks about 50 years old. Really enjoys his, his job, really does. <laughs> just don't promote me, I don't want that extra responsibility, I just want to babysit Kathy until you know he gets out of the service. I mean, obviously I, I love your choice of Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt more as Daniel Kathy, obviously. I just personally, I, I see him more straight and narrow in, in other films, but in this one, what I need him to be is the young whippersnapper, so I am just going to say out of spite that I don't see him fitting what you need him. Okay, we have the right idea little bit older character than our main character and I guess that is where we're at with Weinberg not a major role but does kind of play a major role I don't know what I'm saying all right next character here we have is Captain Jack Ross in the movie he is played by Kevin Bacon who really needs no filmography you all know who Kevin Bacon is plays a very straight and narrow captain in this movie a prosecuting attorney who knows his stuff he's not as about the code as you'd say jessup and kendrick are he really believes in doing the right thing and for this i needed to find someone who is close to the age of my daniel caffey again joseph gordon levitt i needed to find someone who could look at him and go back and forth with him as they do in the film and be able to hold his own and i really like my choice here and i know that wayne really does not topher grace is my choice for captain jack ross hanging out <laughs> on the street <laughs> He definitely was a funny, comedic character in that 70s show. And uh, a lot of people probably don't love his portrayal of Venom in the Spider-Man series either. But I think that he's done some growing up and he's done some movies where he shows you he can be more serious. And I think in this film, he'd really work well across with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, especially in the courtroom scenes where they really have some good back and forth. First of all, I want to say... How dare you call him Venom? How dare you, sir? That is not Venom. That is Topher Grace in a, like some black outfit. It's not Venom. So we're just going to never call him Venom again. Tom Hardy fan, anyone? Yes, uh, not only am I a Tom Hardy fan, but that was actually Venom. He had the big tongue coming out. He looked like he was about 8, 10 feet tall. He was a big, monstrous Venom. And Topher Grace looks like, you know... Eric Foreman wearing a Halloween costume. Please don't blame Topher Grace for the advancement in CGI that we've seen over the last decade, Wayne. I'm not blaming him nor giving him credit for anything at all, other than staying under 100 pounds for his whole career. So that was my biggest issue with this cast, is that we're picking somebody who I could beat up in a fight as a Marine, who I couldn't beat up in a fight in real life. That was my biggest thing, suspending the disbelief. I do think he can act. I really do. And I have seen him in some dramatic roles. So I'm not doubting what he could bring as an actor. I'm just doubting him as a Marine. I don't a think... believable military. Not even military. I believe in Air Force. He could be an Air Force guy, but he's not going to be a Marine. No way. I wanted to go with somebody a little bit more muscular, a little bit more buff because he is a Marine. I wanted to go with somebody as well who had some acting ability that we've seen in some dramatic roles, also in some comedic roles, which Jack really isn't, so it doesn't matter. But in a more dramatic roles, I, I love the movie The Greatest Showman. In this movie, we get to see Zac Efron take on a more serious role. He's not high school musical Troy. He's actually a more serious role. I think he can play the Jack Ross character. And if you did see Baywatch, which we're not going to use that as a credential for his role in this film, but he is shredded. So he definitely looks like a Marine, and I think he would play that role really well, especially opposite Holt. Yeah, you definitely don't have to have just seen Baywatch. All of his movies actually have him with his shirt off. It's a requirement for Zach when he gets a script. 
But uh, in those Disney movies, he's actually a lot skinnier. He's not as jacked, you know? Oh, no, I mean, my, my first instinct, you know, when you say Zac Efron, I think of Neighbors and, and Neighbors too. I think he's a ripped young man who is provided more comedy than all the seasons of That 70s Show and Topher Grace. He, to me, he's, he's more comedic. I will admittedly say I haven't seen the, the Ted Bundy bit that he's done where I'm sure he plays it serious to the bone. And I know he's a rising star, so... I certainly don't hate your choice of Zac Efron for this film. I just think that he definitely fits a different character. And, and we'll get into that later on in the podcast where we see some better fits. But I think he is super good looking, which I'm um, back in the day. I'm sure Kevin Bacon, people, yeah, thought, people thought Kevin Bacon, you know, was a dancing diva. But personally, I don't love the choice. I think Zac Efron, you know, again, like you said, is ripped and good looking. Just not sure that he is as serious enough but I think we both chose someone that has comedy in the background and maybe we're both just kind of using that as our our main reason to not like the other person's choice but they both I think could fit the role for different reasons so that's going to bring us to another lieutenant there's quite a few lieutenants in this movie this one's lieutenant Jonathan Kendrick he is on the base in Cuba with Jessup he's almost like Jessup's right hand man in a sense that they're both a little bit sleazy weaselly type so I think they fit really well together. Kendrick, to me, is the quintessential Marine. He is, everything's by the book, everything's by the code, orders are followed, doesn't matter what they are. You tell me to jump off a bridge, I jump off a bridge, I don't even question it or ask you why, I just do it. And he is that guy. Kiefer Sutherland definitely plays that role very well. He's a little bit intimidating, as you would expect a Cuba-bound Marine to be. When he talks to Caffey, I remember there's the line he says to him in Santiago's bedroom, where Caffey says, have I upset you in some way? And he says, no, I like all you Navy boys. Anytime we need to go somewhere and fight, y'all give us a ride. And while it's sarcastic, it actually seems a little bit scary and intimidating. Like, if I was Caffey, I'd be like, damn, I don't want to piss this guy off. It, it does set the tone for who he is and, and where his allegiance lies. And he definitely doesn't like Kathy, and he doesn't like the investigation, because like Jessup, he feels like he did the right thing. Although I think actually a little bit more evil of a character than Jessup, in my opinion. I would agree. I think he feels less remorse, and I can't remember the line verbatim, but because I know that you've seen this movie way more than I have, the line where Joe Galloway asked Jonathan Kendrick, do you think he killed himself? And he responds, you know, I believe in God, and I, I believe that certain things happen. I, I'm definitely paraphrasing here, but Jonathan Kendrick basically says, like, I believe what happened to him happened to him because, you know, he was out of line, because he did not do what he needed to do, and, you know, he didn't live by the code. Yeah, he had no honor. Yeah, yeah, no honor. So, yeah, I think he definitely shows that he rides that line more so. And I think maybe why we say more of a bad guy is because he's so young in this movie. He hasn't maybe earned the right that Jessup has to be the bad guy, to have the bad guy image. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I wanted to definitely pick somebody who would be intimidating, would be scary, would look down on the Navy. And somebody that I thought of right away, actually, he was my first choice, my favorite that I've picked. I went with Michael B. Jordan, who shouldn't need any, you know... Uh, introduction. Introduction, yeah. But what he is, is he's from the movie Creed. He was in Black Panther. He was Killmonger. I think he actually played in a Michael Jordan biography movie at one point as Michael Jordan, uh, way back in the day when he was younger. But if you've seen him, he is jacked. He is huge. And he is scary. If you look at him as Killmonger, every inch of him is intimidating. And so I can definitely picture him. Like, some of these roles I feel like aren't going to be as good as the originals. I think you put Michael B. Jordan as the Kendrick role, it's even better than Kiefer Sutherland. Like, this is going to be an upgrade for sure. 
So again, dipping into my Marvel nerdum. Prior to the introduction of Thanos, I personally believe that Killmonger was the best villain that we had seen not named Joker in really many of these comic book movies. I think he played just a very driven, shredded, crazy type villain. And I think he played it so well. I definitely agree with you, Wayne. I think he could step into this role and elevate it to a point where Kiefer did not. I like Kiefer's accent and his delivery in the movie, but I think that having a more physically commanding presence like Michael B. Jordan in the movie would certainly do wonders for it. I think it'd be awesome to see him play another villainous type role and not one that's more superhero-y. This one where he's really just a villain based on his physical size and his demeanor and his commitment to the code. I think he can bring his own accent in a way. Like I think of the accent that he brought as Killmonger when he's like, no, 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 this challenge shit's over. Like, he could be like, not like all you Navy boys. It still could be a sarcastic, intimidating line. Is this your king? That's right. Uh, my choice for this character, I did have Michael Pitt, who is from Boardwalk Empire. He has a, a southern accent there, and I base a lot of my reprisals on how this person sounded. If you could close your eyes while watching A Few Good Men, and you listen to Kiefer Sutherland's lines in this movie, I think you still can feel the tension. I think you can hear his anger. You can hear his disgust with the entire investigation and the process that it involves. And so... With the accent and the presence that is needed, I chose Michael Pitt, and I think that he could really do a nice job of playing that, I guess I would say, the antagonist right under Jessup. He does have moments where he puts you on edge, and I think that bedroom scene with Santiago, there's a few stares and lines from him that you need to feel intimidated. You need to feel that pressure, and, and I think Michael Pitt could provide that. See, I don't think of Michael Pitt as intimidating. When I think of him, I know I haven't seen Boardwalk Empire, but I have seen Finding Forrester, and he's in that. He's in a movie called The Dreamers with Eva Green. To me, I've always thought, every time I see him, I'm like, he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio's little brother. He looks just got a kind of a pretty feminine face almost. And when I think of Kendrick in Kiefer Sutherland's Kendrick, there is nothing feminine about him at all. It's just straight, scary intimidation. So picturing the female-looking Michael Pitt trying to intimidate Daniel Caffey or anybody for that matter, I really just picture him being more like the most popular guy in the cell block than I do being like the toughest guy in the cell block. Wayne doesn't like Michael Pitt's very iconic hairstyle because he can't grow his hair like Michael Pitt. I, I will agree that during that show, Boardwalk Empire, and really during that time, Michael Pitt was known a lot for that. Pidgey, if you're a fan of Pokemon, the Pidgey, the soccer player, flip your hair over hairstyle, and, and it was very iconic for him. A hairstyle doesn't make his demeanor, and I think that he could play a tough guy in voice and stature that is really necessary for the film. So I think if we were to base boyish good looks off of one role for one character such as Leo, then we'd really be remiss to see all the great things he's done since then. I'm certainly not saying that Michael Pitt is Leo, but Wayne wanted to make that original comparison because of his pretty boy nature. But I think if you watch Boardwalk Empire, you'll see he's got that intimidation and he's got that vigor that is really needed for the role. Yeah, I wouldn't compare him to Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor, who I think is an amazing actor. Agreed. I think he looks a lot like him. And I will say, I just don't think he's intimidating, but I can tell you one person I can definitely picture Michael Pitt intimidating, and that's Topher Grace. He could back him right into a corner and shove him in a locker. Uh, one other note about Michael Pitt is on the TV version of Hannibal, he played the Hannibal character. 
I did enjoy seeing some of that too. I didn't know a lot about him before choosing him, but kind of seeing where he'd come from and some of the roles he'd taken, I felt he had enough gravitas to be able to maybe not bring the character to the elevated heights that Michael B. Jordan would in your choice, but I think he'd be able to fit the role. All right, so our next character to talk about is Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Markinson, originally played by J.T. Walsh. And in this movie, Markinson plays someone who came up through the ranks with Colonel Jessup. But Colonel Jessup rose a bit faster, uh, a bit stronger. And so there is some light tension there that you feel at the beginning of the movie. So I think with Markinson, you have to pick somebody who is believable as someone who's in the military because he's made it to Lieutenant Colonel. You have to pick someone who will be able to show a little bit of remorse for some of the decisions that were made under his watch around his watch just really in his presence in his time at Guantanamo Bay and you need to find someone who is older someone who is going to talk down to Kendrick but be talked down to by Colonel Jessup and I chose someone who could really depict this character well meaning my actor has military-ish background as you'll hear and he is that age range that I really believe is needed so my character is Liam Cunningham if any of you guys are Lord uh, I almost said Lord of the Rings oh no that would have been horrible uh, so Game of Thrones fans I chose Liam Cunningham who plays Davos Seaworth Davos in the entire series shows that he is devoted but also he cares more about the person than I think the cause and he shows that most notably in the scene where he frees Gendry and he says hey I'm doing this because it's the right thing. I've had to learn from some of my mistakes and I need to do the right thing at this point in time. And it was, for me personally, difficult to find someone who could fit the age and the role. And I just think that Davo Seaworth, maybe some recency bias because I'm now five seasons in and I'm pretty entrenched in it. But I think he is someone who, in Game of Thrones, plays someone who has that military-ish emphasis, being a bit of a, a smuggler pirate captain that he is. And I think that he could definitely play under my Russell Crowe character. I like him in the sense that I think he is the right age, and I do think he is soft-spoken, which Markinson is. He's definitely a lot less intimidating, a lot less intense than Jessup. So I can definitely see those aspects of it. I think, like some of the other characters, I think he's a little bit older. I know you mentioned is that him and Jessup, they come up through the academy together. They served in Vietnam together. They've been stationed together pretty much the whole careers are the same age. You've got Russell Crowe, and now you've got Liam Cunningham. I'm curious, you know, maybe if you have to make one look older or one look a little bit younger. I'm not sure how old they are in real life to so, each other. So Cunningham is actually two years older than Russell Crowe. I think they both have that weathered look to their face. But yeah, Cunningham is two years older than Russell Crowe. Okay. So I guess 58, 56. So they're in the same range. That's that's fine. Just, to me, when I see him on screen, it's just Russell Crowe I've seen with the darker hair, looking a little bit younger, more roles. And I've seen Liam Cunningham only in Game of Thrones and as the older character. I do think he has the traits. I'm just not sold on the look, I guess. Yeah, and, and also I, I can agree with you that, you know, maybe it's a limited sample size. I can't tell you much of anything domestically that he's done besides what we all may have seen in Game of Thrones. It just made a, a bit of an impact on me seeing certain aspects of that character ring true with Markinson. So I think that would fit. And to kind of go off of, you know, your other comment, I think that we both went in a bit of a different direction with our castings. I don't think we stayed true to the ages. I think if you look at your cast so far, you've had, you know, some maybe a little 
bit younger than the roles that they play in the movie, whereas me, I have gone a little bit older. And I think either way, I've got some older people who could play younger. And I think you have some younger characters who could play older. I think either way, we're going to end up with some really awesome cast. But I think both of us weren't solely focused on, hey, let's make sure ages match up. Let's make sure that looks and you know resumes, those things are taken into consideration as well. It's a complete package. I definitely think we did a good job so far. I want to go with my analysis of the role. I want to start off by saying that I'm a huge J.T. Walsh fan who played Markinson originally. He is such a good actor. He's always a supporting actor. Nobody would ever know him that doesn't know movies. You could say J.T. Walsh. Nobody has any idea who that is. But being a huge movie fan myself, I do know that he was in The Negotiator, small role as kind of a sleazy cop. I know that he was in one of my favorite basketball movies, Blue Chips, where he plays Happy Kuykendall, the head of Friends of the Program. And I always think of his line when Nick Nolte pulls away out of the driveway and he's like, we owe them this money we owe it to him it's such an intense role he's always so good he's fantastic so i wanted to find somebody like that an actor who you're probably going to get on a budget who's not super well known by name unless you actually know hollywood i wanted to get somebody who is going to be soft-spoken going to look intelligent going to look like they're more of a military intelligence guy than an infantry guy whereas my jessup is brolin the very intimidating ripped up shredded scary colonel i want to have somebody who would counter that with a softer more intelligent looking but the same age and I went with Liev Schreiber so again not somebody that everyone would know movie people do but he's Ray Donovan he was in Goon Sabretooth he's Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie no the first Wolverine movie yeah Wolverine he was in the Manchurian Candidate he's in Kate and Leopold so he's been in a lot of stuff He's always kind of that supporting actor, but like a, the main supporting actor. And I think that's exactly what this kind of role is. And I think that he looks the right part. I think he has the right demeanor to offset Jessup. Certainly has that lower tone to him that, that is necessary for the film. I think he's soft-spoken. And he does look, comparative to your Josh Brolin character, like he would be more intelligent. So I, I do agree with that casting. It's a nice choice. I appreciate that, and that really brings us into our next role, or roles, because we're going to tackle both of the defendants at the same time. We've got Lance Corporal Harold Dawson and Private First Class Loudon Downey. These two roles could be anybody. You can really cast anybody in these two roles, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. The cool story about Dawson, who is uh, Wolfgang, uh, what's his real, I can't remember his real name. Wolfgang's a cool enough name, we just need to go with Wolfgang. He's, He's Wolfgang. And uh, basically, he is a guy who was an assistant on set for director Rob Reiner. And Rob Reiner was trying to find somebody who looked like a Marine. And he said, how about Wolfgang? He looks like a Marine. No acting experience whatsoever. They throw him in the role. He's being coached up by Nicholson and Tom Cruise and all these actors in his first ever role. And I thought he did a really good job. So I thought that was a cool story. But like I said, these two characters, pick any two actors, and that's fine. So for me, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time on either one of them. Dawson's a little bit more intimidating. I went with Straight Outta Compton, Dr. Dre, who is Corey Hawkins. The other is Private First Class, Loudon Downey. He was played by James Marshall. The only other movie I remember seeing him in is a movie called Gladiator with Cuba Gooding Jr. It's about an underground boxing ring. I enjoyed it, but it's kind of a crappy, low-budget movie. Anyways, for him, I went with Ezra Miller, a little bit bigger star. You might remember him as The Flash in the Justice League. He was also in Fantastic Beasts. He's the, uh, the kid from the orphanage that the mom beats up all the time. I think both those guys look the right parts. They're going to have very few speaking lines. Just throw a Marine outfit on the two of them, give them crew cuts, and they're good to go. Can you imagine, though, being the stagehand of sorts and being a fish out of water surrounded by, at that time, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland? I mean, 
just to be surrounded by those guys and to be considered by Rob Reiner, hey, come be in this movie. And, you know, honestly, I think he did an awesome job. I was not made aware of that fact until after you had told me. And I would not have guessed that seeing him. I think he did a, a real crisp job as someone who would have been put in this position. I think it definitely helps to go with someone from some of these TV or, you know, movie superhero roles because you know they've got the athletic frame needed to fit a military role, a military employment. Uh, for my choices, for Carol Dawson, I had to choose someone that was larger than Loudon Downey and someone that would have a bit of a commanding voice, you know, someone that stands above Daniel Caffey, especially in the interrogation room there when they're first getting to know each other and you can sense some serious tension there. I went with Keenan Lonsdale. He actually plays the young Flash. So odd that you went with the Flash from the Justice League. I went with the young Flash. Yeah, from uh, the was it WB? CW. CW. Used to be the WB, I think. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a good actor. I like him. He plays Joe's son. I can't remember his name in the show. But yeah, he's the young Flash. Yeah, and I, again, just, you know, we could have really chosen anybody for this, but I wanted to choose someone that is going to have a low voice, be pretty tall for specific reasons, and have a physical frame, a believable frame of someone who is someone in the military. So no need to spend much time on him anymore. And to go with the private first class, Loudon Downey, I went with Dane DeHaan. Again, I'm sticking to my Marvel roots, and I'm going with this young man who was in the 2014 Amazing Spider-Man movie. He was Harry Osborn in The Young Green Goblin. Probably not the most remembered uh, Spider-Man franchise, certainly not with Tom... Is it Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield was in that one, yeah. So, but there are there have been a few different Spider-Man movies, but this one, a physical kid that plays a skinnier, lankier fellow compared to my Harold Dawson, and I think these guys could fit the part. They've had some acting roles, and they've got some physical bodies that can take a beating like a military soul should. So, again, not too hard for these ones. Two roles, not really super important in terms of how good of actors they are or anything like that. They play a major role in the movie, but they aren't going to be major roles in the movie, so to say. That said, I think that's our cast. I know you mentioned uh, wanting to look at the judge, right? Yes, uh, so watching the movie, I did look at that as someone that we didn't originally have written down as someone that we wanted to recast, but watching the movie several times like I did, I just felt that he was a large enough presence, especially in some of those tense moments in the courtroom, that I found it necessary for me to, to recast this gentleman. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when Judge Colonel Julius Alexander basically looks at Colonel Jessup, and they're having a bit of a back and forth, and the judge states, I'll be referred to as judge. I believe I've earned that. And so it's really the one time in the movie, besides the point where you have the screaming match between Nicholson and Cruz, that you see Nicholson humbled. You see him put in his place. And so I felt with that moment, it was large enough for me to have to recast him. And I'm a very big fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think so far, you, you listeners and fans can tell that I'm a fan of comedy and I'm a fan of Marvel. So going more on the comedy side here, which maybe doesn't seem like an initial fit for a judge in this type of film, but Andre Brower from Brooklyn Nine-Nine has that the demeanor, the respectability of him, the voice. Again, I put so much stock into the voice. If you can close your eyes, do you still get the same delivery? Do you still get the same impact? And I think that Andre Brower could look at Russell Crowe and they could go back and forth in that courtroom. And I think that'd be an awesome representation. I do think it's a good character. I do think that Andre Brower fits the role in the sense that the judge to me, while he is in charge and he makes it very known that he's in charge, he does also seem a little bit like he has a soft side. I don't know if I just get that. I think he definitely respects the military. Maybe I think we can see that he respects the military maybe more than Daniel Caffey. Maybe that's just my perspective, but I think he respects it. And so 
he doesn't let some of the stuff slide that maybe others would. So he really holds a straight and narrow court, and I really loved his impact in the film. Definitely see that, and I can definitely see Andre Brower playing that role because he does seem a little bit warm-hearted, a little bit softer, which I felt like the judge was. If I was to recast that role, I'd probably go with somebody a little bit more intense. Not a lot. I think this guy could play soft, but I would probably go with Lawrence Fishburne. I think that he'd be a really good character that he could definitely put Josh Brolin in his place. Agreed. And I think that I can picture him with like the gray hair when he grows his hair out. He'd look the right age. Now, let me ask you, because uh, I would be remiss as a Marvel fan if I didn't ask this. Samuel L. Jackson as the judge. Absolutely not. Not unless he was going to say, you know, address this court as your honor, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much the cast that we got there. Uh, hopefully you guys like it. We're actually going to go into a section here called bonus features, so definitely stay tuned for that. A couple of good segments coming up about guys that we almost cast and also uh, people that we didn't like or did like from each other. This is bonus features. We're going to have a couple of segments here that you guys can listen to. The first segment's called I Love You, I Hate You. We're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite choices by the other. And then the other section is called Almost Recasted, where we'll talk about some of the other actors that we almost casted for them. So, kicking things off, I Love You, I Hate You. I'm going to go on a positive note and say that my favorite choice of yours is probably Russell Crowe. Because I do like Russell Crowe so much in so many movies, I did like Gladiator, I do like Cinderella Man, A Beautiful Mind... Pretty much everything I see him in, I like him in, even if I don't like the movie. Anyways, my favorite was definitely, I'd say, Russell Crowe and his role as Jessup. To kind of piggyback off that, my favorite choice that Wayne made was similarly his Colonel Jessup role. I really loved the Josh Brolin character. He not once came into my mind when thinking about a reprisal of this role. And, you know, after you had said his name, I was like, wow, what a powerful name, what a powerful character. I mean, just you saying his name, I almost shook a little bit because of his role as Cable, his role as Thanos. He is that intimidating person that, in a courtroom, standing across from Nick Holt, I think that'd be perfect. So I think that's an awesome choice, and that's definitely my favorite choice of yours. I'm not going to say who my least favorite I think I've touched on it enough and that is Topher Grace I guess he could have gone with Ashton Kutcher as well but yeah I just really hated it because I think he doesn't look anything like a marine I did mention the one thing he, he can act so I'm not dumping on his acting ability I'm just saying I don't believe it it's kind of like casting Kevin Hart as Shaquille O'Neal it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> Oh, kick me while I'm down, Wayne. I mean, I I can see the complaints about him being a lanky, scrawny guy. I mean, in the movie, we do see Kevin Bacon in some basketball shorts, and he certainly isn't ripped to shreds. He looks like he's got a little bit of meat on his bones, but he's definitely a scrawny fella at that point. I think a lot of his military is behind him, and at that point, he's been pushing papers. I played with it a little bit and had some wiggle room when I I grabbed Topher Grace. I think it would have been a nice fit, but... I'm certainly feeling it after your distaste for that character. My least favorite choice of yours was actually Zac Efron. I really thought that he certainly is is a ripped character as Jack Ross. And did you notice that your favorite character and my favorite character were the same person in the movie and then our least favorite was the same person in the movie? It is funny. Jessup and, and, and Jack Ross. Yeah, it is definitely funny. I think that... I don't even know if I had to pick my least favorite that I cast. That'd be an interesting one to do at some point. But I don't know if I would pick Zac Efron because I do really like him. So I'd have to pick somebody... I guess I'd probably pick one of the defendants because who gives a crap about them? To me, he was just... Zac Efron, I love him for who he plays in movies. And my favorite movies of his so far are probably Neighbors and Neighbors 2 because I'm such a huge fan of comedy. And maybe that's to my detriment when looking at some of your roles is I just don't see Zac Efron playing the straight and 
Arrowfeld that he would need to to be the character that you chose for him. And again, that was Jack Ross. Okay, yes, yeah, so our, our Jack Ross characters are, are who we differed on here and who we both did not like the other's choice. How about almost recasted? Because I will say this, is that there were a lot of characters when we first started looking at these roles that I thought of. I would say for me, just off the top of my head, not really going down the list, but Jessup, I almost went with Ed Harris. Because I do think Ed Harris is extremely intense and is intimidating and could play that Colonel Jessup role just like Jack Nicholson. And I was going to go with Markinson as Craig T. Nelson, who people might remember from All the Right Moves or the show Coach. Or The Incredibles. The Incredibles. You don't really get to see him. He doesn't look like Mr. Incredible in real life. But he looks the part, I guess. And so those were my two, Markinson and Jessup. And at the end of the day, I said, do I want to go with Harris and Craig T. Nelson or do I want to go with Schreiber and Cable? And I went with those two. Uh, I mean, uh, Harris definitely an accomplished actor for sure. I would have to say I think you made the right choice in sticking with your guns and, and your two choices, I think. Brolin and Schreiber really play off each other the way that they need to, and they set the right dynamic for the film. So I think that was, was great. Uh, for Colonel Jessup, I thought of two very different guys for two very different reasons. The first one, someone who plays in a lot of action movies, and, and that's Liam Neeson. I thought about him for a little bit and tried to consider how he would do. And I think I didn't choose him because I'm not sure how he would do in those courtroom scenes. I think if we needed to see any of Colonel Jessup in the original film in any type of shoot 'em up type scenes, Liam Neeson for sure, shoo in. But we don't see that, and I'm just not sure how he would do in a courtroom needing to be the serious, intimidating factor that Jack Nicholson actually plays. So I didn't go there another option that I thought about and more for the crazy aspect because I mean I think that Jack Nicholson has a bit of crazy there's obviously the shining in his past but I think Wayne and I aren't huge fans but I think he's got a bit of crazy in him and so one choice that I thought about not long but I did think about was actually today's Jim Carrey he's not the Grinch that I think we remember from some of those movies he's tried to play some more darker serious roles and I think he's created a bit of a persona on and off screen I thought maybe he'd be able to bring that older crazy, I mean certainly doesn't have the stature, the size and stature, but I thought he'd be able to bring some of that crazy that would have to be seen in the courtroom. That speech, that quote, the you can't handle the truth, that has to be delivered by somebody with some huge coconuts. And I just thought Jim Carrey for a few moments would have been able to provide that, but then decided to go with my original choice of Russell Crowe. I think that Jim Carrey is heavy on the crazy and a little too light on the intimidating. I don't think he brings that overpowering role He's a big screen presence, like Nicholson is crazy, he does have the energy. I just don't see him as being scary intimidating. Liam Neeson, on the other hand, can be intimidating, but it's a different kind, where I think that the Jessup that I casted, that Jack Nicholson was, is intimidating with intensity. Okay. Whereas I think that Liam Neeson is intimidating in his calmness. There's something intimidating about how calm he stays. Yeah, that phone call is, yeah. is probably the one thing we can all immediately think of. That would be my thing on those guys. I know that you and I both talked about a couple different Caffeys, Kendrick, Weinberg are all about the same age, so all three of those roles could be interchangeable with some different people. For, for sure, yeah. For me, I mean, more focused on Caffey. Again, like you said, these guys are all around the same age, so they could have played some of the same characters, but Caffey, for me, I did choose someone that you'd actually casted in your movie. I chose Zac Efron. I thought he would have been probably my number one honorable mention behind Joseph Gordon-Levitt if I wanted to find someone who was more of an up-and-comer like Tom Cruise wouldn't be considered up-and-comer, but a young superstar, a young rocket who was just continuing to add accolades. I think Zac Efron is on that trajectory, and I think he would have been my number one person to take over if Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't such a spitting image for me of that role. 
he was one of my choices of Caffey as well, and I ended up going with Holt and moving Efron to Ross. And another character I thought of, Liam Hemsworth I thought of as Caffey. Uh, I, I, have, I have him down as well, yeah. I had for Weinberg, I had Dev Patel. I was actually really close to taking him. He's in the movie Chappie. He was in the show The Newsroom. He was the star of Slumdog Millionaire. Extraordinarily good actor, and I thought it would have been great to have him as Sam Weinberg. But at the end of the day, I went with Gordon Levitt because I just felt like he just looked more the part as far as being like an older brother type. I think if you'd have chosen to do that with Dev Patel, it would have been you know even more powerful. I think you've done a great job of just diversifying your cast and picking people who would elevate the position and not just be able to fit the role like a glove. You want someone who's going to really stand out, and I think that Dev Patel would have been awesome in that role. Uh, just one last note for me on Caffey. If we've got any shameless fans on here, Jeremy Allen White, who actually plays Lip, I thought, again, someone who's got uh, maybe a shorter resume, but someone who is seen as a young, good-looking guy who's got some very nice acting chops. There we go, I used it. That's our first and only time on this episode, folks. And uh, so uh, other characters, I had Markinson, I had Colin Firth, and I also had... Kevin Spacey, I thought he maybe would have made a great Markinson next to Russell Crowe. I can see him as Markinson for sure. The only other role that I almost recasted and at the last second changed it was Commander Joe Galloway. I had Emily Blunt. Like Colby Smulders, I think Emily Blunt looks just like Demi Moore did back then. Almost a dead ringer. But she's bland. Nicholas Holt is bland. And you can't have too many bland actors. You need some big stars to carry this movie. So at the last second I went with Hathaway just for the star power. Yeah, Wayne, I think you do an awesome job of when you look at one specific cast member, you look at how the presentation as a whole is going to fit, and maybe that's something that I need to do better of going forward, because I really think you don't just choose a character and say he would do really well as that character. You look at the chemistry between those characters, and that's super important when we're doing these recastings, is to, you don't just want to pick someone who's young or who is out there making movies these days or in movies these days. You want to pick people who would actually fit in these movies very well. And I think so far you've done a nice job of diversifying actors and actresses and really picking people that show true chemistry from one character to our last character. So bravo for that. Thanks. Unlike last time, we actually do know what the next movie is going to be, and we will tease that one, and hopefully you won't have to wait a month for it. And that is going to be Armageddon. So everybody start thinking about who you would cast. I'm sure I will get a million people telling me who they would pick because it happens every time we pick a new movie. If you guys don't want to miss a thing, make sure you stay tuned. And make sure you hit us up on Twitter, as I mentioned, at Podcast. Email recastthepodcast at gmail.com. Visit the Facebook page, Recast the Podcast. We definitely enjoy the feedback, even negative feedback. We're trying to get better. We want to make it more enjoyable for you, too. Yeah, any criticism, you know, please just be constructive criticisms. Don't just tell us we suck. You, we, can, tell, you can tell Jesse he sucks. I, I, I'm a sensitive soul, so please don't. Um, but you know, I just, you know, one more note. Wayne does an awesome job of, of taking, you know, the original actors and then placing them on, on image sheets with our portrayals and putting them online for you. So when you do, you know, visit any one of our, our social mediums, take a look at our choices and let us know what you agree with, what you disagree with, who you would have chosen. Provide a list if you want. I think the more interaction we have, the better it's going to be going forward. And again, Armageddon is going to be just a real big deal. It's, it's certainly one of my favorite movies. I think the soundtrack is amazing. I think it's certainly a star-studded cast with uh, you know some people who aren't with us anymore some people who have changed uh, a lot, and I think it's going to be real fun.